Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. Remain standing. We are, we are um, being intentional tonight, going into a journey, journey of grief. Um, Pastor Gators yesterday was preaching his mother-in-law's funeral, Sister Wendy's mother, Sister Humphrey, and he made this statement yesterday, uh, and he said, God, God doesn't, did not remove the, the, the Red Sea from the children of Israel. He just made a way through it. And sometimes death is that way in our lives, and death is not removed from us. And how many know God will make a way through these situations? So tonight we're going to go through grief because we believe, amen, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. And how many believe that tonight, that the Lord is with us? Would you clap your hands and thank God that he's with us? Praise God. Um, You may be seated. Sister Annie Brown is coming, and uh, we want her to come. Amen. She's She's going to be teaching us tonight on the journey journey through grief and we just love sister Annie amen sister sister Annie knows what it's like to have loss and you'll hear more about that tonight and uh, she has been a a grief counselor in this church for uh, many years now and I would say probably close to uh, a dozen years she and brother brown have headed up our, our grief recovery class in the church and and uh, I, I have been in town and people come to me and say pastor bounds at the anchor and i say yes and they said i just want you to know what a blessing uh sister they would say annie has been to us we don't know how we would have ever got through it if we didn't have her in our life and so we're so thankful for her and uh her, her experience has allowed her to feel what you feel, to help you get through what you're going through. And there's been a lot of people that have had a lot of loss in the last few years. And uh, some very, very recent that are in the room. But we love you, Sister Annie, and don't we love her? Aren't we excited to, amen, to hear from her, to help us, amen? Sister Annie. Um, you probably all have a handout. Um, if you don't, if you could raise your hand and they will make sure that you get one. Um, this is going to be just the outline of, of how I'm going to speak to you tonight. Um, I think most of you know my story. I was in my 30s um, when my husband was killed in a, in a uh, rollover accident uh, dealing with a logging truck and the skitter that he was running and um, had a 16-year-old boy. And I just thought (laughs) it was the end of the world. Um, It threw me into a a time in my life that was incredible. And uh, had it not been for God, um, couldn't have made it through. Um, That being said, there's so many things that um, come against us when we've lost somebody. you begin to think things like, is he really not coming home? Is, did I hear her car? Uh, it's not fair. 
it's, it's not fair. Um, I just want to pick up the phone and talk to my mom, my friend, my sister, my, my dad. I just want to hear their voice one more time. Um, and one of the biggest things is I just want my life back. I just want it the way it was. I just want back to normal. Sure. And uh, people hate it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say this early on. Um, it's never going back to the way it was. It's never going to happen. And if that's what healing means to you, you need to redefine your definition of healing because they're not coming back. And that's very hard for me to say because when, when I lost Ron, that's all I wanted. And next week we'll talk about <laughs> some things that you shouldn't say to people that are grieving. And uh, you, you just want your life back. Um, and no matter who the loss was, your world just spins out of control. You know, if it's your child, if it's your parent. When I lost my last parent, I realized that I was an orphan. And, um, you know, the, the loss of my first parent didn't do that to me because I still had one left. And uh, the, the death of my mother changed everything. You know, I, I couldn't call and say, you're never gonna believe what that dipwad kid of yours did today. You know, I'm talking about my sister. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, that, that, all, that all goes away. Um, and, and it's not coming back. And I, I need to tell you off the giddy up that nothing is as vast as the, as the, the valley of grief. Nothing is as big as that. Nothing, Pastor, nothing is as big as that. And really, depending on who you lost, who died, um, there are secondary losses that come with every death. There are sec secondary losses. It's the loss of companionship, if it is a spouse. It's the loss of a family connection, if it's a sibling. Um, you know, when Ron died, I, I lost my income. I lost my insurance. You know, you know all those losses. Um, sometimes people talk to their parent every night or their sibling or whatever. Um, if, if you have children and one of them dies, it brings a, a, a pall over your house because nobody wants to laugh because you've lost an integral part of your, of your family. Um, you also sometimes lose the cook, the shopper, the bill payer, the lawnmower, the mechanic. You lose, those are all secondary losses. And um, when you lose a spouse, you lose your dreams of what you're gonna do, the house you're gonna build, the, the retirement that's coming up, um, the kids growing up. One of the things that I grieved the most was standing in the nursery when the first grandbaby was born, knowing that Ron would never know them and they would never know him. And it's just all this stuff 
that, that comes on you and comes against you. And often, it just can be overwhelming. It just can be overwhelming. And when it rocks your world, when it touches you, it's very different than when it touches the neighbor or the milkman or the, you know, the, the mailman's cousins, brothers, uncles, you know, whoever. When grief comes to your house, it's, it's very different. And there's no way to prepare yourself for it. Even if it's uh, an anticipated death, um, they've had a stroke or they've had cancer for a long time. My mom had cancer for seven years. I still wasn't prepared to lose her. I was prepared for her to be sick, you know, from now till Jesus comes or whenever, but I wasn't prepared for her to die. And um, even old age, you know, you know, the gray in the hair, you know, it, it just happens, you know, and you think you're ready. You think they She really told me I was getting old today. Did I say it like that? You said it almost exactly like that. Did I? I remember right, you know. Oops. Yeah. And I don't know exactly what we're talking about. She said, well, you know, you're getting older, you know. Not old. I think I said older. I think that she was meant, She meant old. That's what she meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, well. <laughs> And I, uh, no comment now, Sister Andy. We're, we're, it's recorded tonight. But, okay. Uh, I do think I do think a point that she hits that's so true is this doesn't matter if you know they're going to pass. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't. You don't know how to prepare for that emotionally. Uh, if, if if she's saying whether it's old age, as she was, we were alluding to there, but or seven years of cancer, or some of you have dealt with, just so unexpected. And I think even in that, I, I remember my, my dad, he had surgery and they put him on this medication and it was the side effects, they warn you what the side effects are. And uh, the side effects are being irritable. Uh, but when he was feeling irritable, he wasn't thinking about it being the side effect of the medication. He was just irritable. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Same way a side effect of medication can sometimes be uh, depression, whatever. And you can say, oh, well, if I take this medication, I might feel this way. But until that happens, you don't know how to prepare for that. And when that emotion comes, you're surprised by that. Or somebody's reminding you, you just feel bad. And I think, I think with death, you don't know how you're going to feel. Even if we teach it, Sister Annie, is that... that you don't know how you're going to feel at that moment. You can think you're going to feel a certain way. But until you get there, and that's why we're doing this, because there are many of you that have dealt with death in the last, last several years, and uh, the last several years have dealt with death. And the question is, how do I get through this? How do, how do I get through this moment? And I, I want you to know from here out tonight, you can be healed. You can. you can. You can be stronger. Absolutely. The, the normal might not be the same, but you're going to get through this and be able to smile again and be happy again. And I just want to say tonight, it's okay to be happy again. Absolutely. It's okay to laugh and cut up yep. and get your joy back and enjoy, enjoy days again. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. amen. The Bible says, he's the restorer of my soul. 
And so you're saying that, uh, Sister Annie, that preparing for this is not easy, really. It's not, and you can't, you, you just can't, you said it, you can't figure it out until you actually experience it. And whether it's an anticipated death or, in my case, it was a tragedy, I kissed him goodbye that morning and I never saw him again. And so a tragedy, something out of the blue, there's no way that you can prepare for that. There's just no way you can prepare for that. And that's really a different type of grief associated with, with death. Um, there's no last goodbyes, no reconciliation, no forgiveness, no, no interaction, you know, with, with mom, you know, she was in hospice, we could, we could say our last goodbyes to her. With Ron, I kissed him goodbye and that was it. And so there's different, there's different circumstances. And, um, I, and I remember after Ron was killed, um, Ronnie and I, he was 16, and we went to live with my folks. Um, we had uh, an outside wood burner and we lived in a very, very drafty trailer. And um, we kept an outside dog at, at the house. And whatever possessed me to do it, I fed the dog on a glass plate. I don't know why I did that, but I did. And uh, he had been gone for a few days, so the grass hadn't been tended to. Um, it grew up around the dog's feeding plate. And I went home from mom's that, that day. And I walked across the yard and I stepped on the plate and the plate broke in two. And so help me Hannah, I, I looked down at the plate and I said to the plate, you may as well break everything else in my life is broken. That's how, that's how you feel. Everything is broken. You know, you just feel, and I know I shouldn't have ever fed the dog on a glass plate, but I did. But. 30 years later, I remember those words saying that to that, that crazy plate. And um, death forever changes the contours of your life. But let me tell you, I am a living testament to recovery. You can get through the pain. I was in my 30s, I didn't think so. But you can get through the pain. You can dance again. You can love again, you can enjoy again. You can do it. You can do it. Um, a quote from Zig Ziglar says, grief is the price you pay for loving someone. If there were no love, there would be no grief. You don't, you don't, we talked about it earlier, you don't grieve casually. Grief is reserved for someone that you love. You don't, you know, it's somebody at the store that you just casually know. You may feel bad, but you don't grieve them. You don't grieve for them. Um, and after, in the throes of grief, your life becomes so intense. Everything is so intense. Um, for me, I didn't think I was ever going to get better. I just didn't think I was ever going to get better. And it's hugely mentally disruptive, grief is, because that's not how we're wired. 
We're not wired to carry this big load on us all the time. God designed us. He designed our bodies to heal. And I have a, um, I don't know if you can see it or not, but I had an industrial accident several years ago, and it took a big chunk out of my arm. And when that first happened, it was a huge gaping wound. It was, I had, literally, I had to have an operation to close it. I mean, they put me to sleep and all that stuff. But over the course of time, that healed. And God designed our spirits the same way. He did not design us to go around broken and, and unfulfilled in life. He, he didn't design us to carry that big gaping wound with us. He designed us to heal. And so... Um, At what point would you say that... Um, you know, we know, and, and I, I know we've talked many times about this over the years, and I remember a dozen years ago approaching you and Brother Brown about ministering to people that's had loss because uh, God had just dealt with me that we just can't preach generalized messages, that we need teaching uh, how to get through this, and that you learn that journey, that grief is a journey. There's so many factors that happen when you lose someone. And, and if you've never lost anybody close, you're not going to be able to relate. And our youth aren't in here. Some of them maybe could, and they have an opportunity to be here tonight. But until you've been there, you can just feel like isolated, that you're the only one that's ever felt this way, or uh, maybe that you're not normal the way you're feeling. You think crazy. You, you talk to a plate. You talk to a plate. You get mad at God. And... Uh, and you don't, you feel not normal. Then you, when you, when you realize that this is a journey, I think you can become, start realizing, hey, I am normal. Mm -hmm. uh, th these are things people go through, the anger, the things that she's going to talk about in a moment. But at what point did you, you, was there a point that you started feeling, hey, you know what? I think I am going to get better. I can't point to any specific thing, but I, I remember clearly thinking, I cannot live like this the rest of my life. I cannot walk, I was in my 30s. I, I wasn't ready to close up shop and, and just die and fade away. I wanted to embrace life again. I cannot think of feeling like this for the rest of my life. And I think at some point in, in grief, you have to, and that's the, the end result of this that I'm going to talk to you about today is that you have to want to get better. You have to want it. You, it it's, it's, it's a strange bird. It just doesn't come on you. But you have to want to. It, you've, you've, got to you've got to want to live again. You've got to want to get better. You've got to want to not feel like, you know, it's a long, dark tunnel. And, and personally, I felt like I was falling. I, you know how you're asleep at night and you jerk because you feel like you're falling? And I felt like that all the time. I just felt like I was falling. But here's the thing. I felt God underneath of me saying, I've got you. I've got you. You know, where, wherever I'm falling, he had me. And sometimes in the middle of our emotional 
stuff, and I'm going to talk to you about um, Grief Share, which is the program that I typically use. Um, Grief Share talks about a uh, tangled ball of emotion, and I'm going to list just a few of the things that it, it talks about. Pain, rage, anxiety, abandonment, anger, envy, depression, bitterness, confusion, loneliness, all of that stuff is wrapped up into, you know, just a tangled ball. And it's, you never feel one emotion at a time. They're like, ugh, it's just, it's just all mixed up. And it's, and I, I, I sit here to tell you, that's normal. You know, you're not losing your mind. You're not going nuts. All of that stuff that you're feeling and it's all that internal turmoil, that's normal. All of that, all of that angst that you're feeling, that's all normal. And in the course of a day, you can feel, I wouldn't think all of those things, but you can feel a lot of so them. Many all in one day, you can, you know, just in a normal course of the day, think about how many times you're happy, sad, icked because you got stopped at the stoplight and, you know, the, the milk spilled and all that stuff. We'll magnify that. And that's how, that's how grief feels. And that's how those, those emotions. Um, and sometimes when all those emotions get rolling around, that's when people question God. That's when people think, he doesn't love me. He, he's not near me. I can't feel him. And I, I, I told you today that I didn't feel God as in what I feel him now. It felt like there was like a, a barrier around me that I, I knew God was there and I knew that he was my comfort, but I didn't feel him like I wanted to feel him. And it just is all wrapped up. And is it, is it, possible, is it possible that at that moment, I, I know many, many times as a pastor in 17 years been in Zanesville, I've been there even previous ministry before I got here, dealing with people and, and tragic moments and being there. And I remember in my young, young early years of pastoring or young early years of ministry, I, my thought was, well, Jesus, Jesus can be the one that's going to fill that void in your life. He's going to fill the void. And that's how I would, in lack of experience, would have shared, hey, God can fill that void. I know you've had a loss. Then I come to found out, find out the person that lost a spouse or a child, they didn't want God to fill that void. They just wanted that person back. Does that make sense? They just, they just wanted the person back. They didn't want, I mean, and no insult to God, but they weren't wanting God at that moment. Mm -hmm. They want normalcy. They want, they want their life back. They want their life back. They want their life back the way that it was. And... People, and, and please don't misread what I'm going to say, as apostolics, we don't grieve well because of exactly what you said. We think that Jesus is going to step in and roll it all up and get rid of it. 
grief is a process. It's a process. You have to work your way through it. You have to, it's a journey. It's, it's we've, we've called this a, a journey through grief and it is a journey. You don't, this is not like waking up after the flu and you think, Phew, glad that's over with. That, that's not how this works. You, you are intentional and you have to, you have to, you have to work your way through it. You, you just have to work your way through it. it and, and please, oh, don't tell somebody that time is going to heal it. Hmm. There's not enough time. And that's what I said to my mom. Somebody said that to me. And I said, Mom, there's not enough time for all of this hurt to heal. 30 years later, I'm a little wiser on that score. But at that time, you couldn't say that to me. I didn't want to hear that. And please come back next week. If I scare you this week, please come back next week because I'm going to tell you next week what not to say to people that are grieving. So, you know, there's just some things that, that we, we have to deal with when we're in grief. And Can I interrupt just to go, say... You know, Jesus taught this, and I think she's right. Uh, well, I'm just going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be all right. And I think maybe six months later, a year later, I've seen people not better. Mm -hmm. And maybe the reason is because they don't want to deal with it. I've seen uh, where the bedroom has been remained the same many years later of the person that died. Because... The thought of, I don't know, maybe there's this thought, they're coming back, or, or they're doing that person wrong if they change the bedroom and things at the house start changing. Um, I, I, remember, I remember going to a house and staying, a great friend of mine, but I stayed at his house. His wife of 30 years old had just passed, had a three-year-old son left behind. And when I went and stayed at the house as a guest of Angela, stayed at the house with him, all of her decor was there. It was fresh. Mm -hmm. It was there. The pictures on the wall, everything was there. And the, 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 the emotion of the house was still there. If you, and I've seen other people that years later, it's still the same because mm -hmm. it's almost, they feel like they're doing somebody wrong if they make any changes. And I think sometimes the reason is they don't want to deal with that. So let's postpone it. Jesus taught this great, um, this you know, the sermon, the sermon at the Mount, we call it the Beatitudes. But one of the things that he said, he said, blessed, you know, if you want to get fancy in scripture and really talk King James Version, you just say blessed. We get your neighbor say blessed. <laughs> it sounds more spiritual when you say blessed. And thou, amen. But blessed are those that what? Mourn. Let me put it this way. Blessed are those that grieve. Blessed are those that go through grief. For what will happen? It's a promise. They shall be comforted. Mm -hmm. But if we postpone mm -hmm. this journey, which is possible. It is. It's it possible is. to say, I'm not dealing with it. I'm not going through this. And there's ways, and you're going to talk more about that. But Jesus taught us we need to deal with it. It's going to be painful. But we need to deal with it. Go ahead. And sometimes we get stuck 
on the why. For the bounds, there are some questions that don't have answers. No answers. There, there's just no answers why a 34-year-old mommy dies. There's no answers. You know, a 36-year-old daddy gets crushed by a machine. What? What? You know, our, I lost a, a, a baby in, in the very beginning of, of our marriage. It, there's no answers to stuff like that. And it's like, uh, have you ever seen a hamster on one of those wheel things? It goes around and around and around, and you'd think it would, you know, jump off. But it doesn't. It just goes around and around and around. And that's what happens to the why questions. It just goes around and around and around. And it just it brings confusion and it's a mess. It's like a hamster on a wheel that you, you can just why it to death. There, and there's no end to it. There's just no end to it. And I, I tell you again that there is nothing wrong with grieving. You, you must grieve to, to heal. And it's not a sign of weakness, and it's not a sign that you don't trust God. Grieving is a process, and it's just part of how we deal with death. It's just a part of it. And healing doesn't mean that, that you forget. Healing does not mean that, for you, that you forget. Ron's death date, anniversary, whatever you want to call it, was uh, Sunday, the, f the 5th of September. And I always have to tell this because Jesus loves me and I know I'm his favorite. I don't know what you guys are, but I'm his favorite. <laughs> so, now that being said, you know, Ron, Ron died on September 5th. And for so many years, the anticipation of the death anniversary or date, um, I would start getting sick in, in July or August. And I thought, oh, this is bad. You know, ramping up to it. Do you know what he did for me? He gave me a granddaughter born on that day, on that date, September 5th. So now it's not, oh, Ron, September 5th is coming, Ron died. It's Hannah's birthday. That's, That's not the end of it. That's not the end of it. So, I told you I'm his favorite. So, the other day that brought me so much pain was his birthday. And it was like, ugh, his birthday is in August. It's coming, you know. I got a great grandbaby born on his birthday. And it was like, Seriously, I'm his favorite. <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm convinced. He brought so much joy out of so much pain. And, you know, I feel sorry for y'all because I'm his favorite, but, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. So it, there's nothing wrong with grieving, but he will not leave you there. If you allow the process to take place for the bounds, if you allow the grieving to do what it, what it does, and for everybody it's different. There's no roadmap, there's no books, there's no, you know, there's no how to. I can't tell you, Brother Tyler, this is how, this is how we're grieving, this is how we do it, and this is, this is what's gonna help you. It's not like that. 
Everybody's journey is their own. Um, and I'm, I'm not telling you that there's right or wrong. Don't kill anybody in your grief. But, you know, as long as, as long as it's, you know, what, do you know what I'm saying? I'm not even going to say normal, but as long as it's not really way out there. Did you find yourself okay. isolated or isolating? I think I did part of that to myself. Sure. Because it was a protection. And I, I remember the first holiday, we always spent Thanksgiving as a family at my brother's house. And we went in November at, to my brother's and nobody talked about him. Nobody said a thing. And he was the life of the party. I mean, he was the life. He was loud. My son is very loud. He's, he's his father's son. But Ron was loud and everybody enjoyed him. And, and here we were at Thanksgiving and I was like, what in the world? And I left early. I went home to mom's by myself, curled up on the couch, pulled the blanket up and stayed there. And she came home and of course they were worried because I left. And I said, Mom, nobody said anything. Nobody said a thing about him. And he had only been gone just a couple of months. And she said, Annie, nobody wanted to hurt you. Nobody wanted that pain to come up. And I said, but it was like they forgot, you know. And nobody has the right to ask you to forget not a second wife, not a second husband, not a parent. Nobody has the right to ask you to forget. And do you wish that they would have said oh something like, my. you know, we wish Ronnie was here. Mm -hmm. Ron was here cutting mm -hmm. up mm -hmm. anything. And Cause I think, I think, uh, that we've got to learn how to deal. Most of us in those moments, we don't know what to do or say. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, they were just trying to protect you. They were. But it would have been better if they would have. Yeah. If they would have acknowledged, you know, we miss him. Um, you know, something. Rather than the silence. Rather than the silence. Rather than the silence, yeah. I always say, uh, over the years, and I've preached a lot of funerals in the last 17 years. Uh, being in pastoral ministry, youth pastoring and pastoring, but uh, I have found that you need to get together and talk about this person. Mm -hmm. Share the memories of that person. And while talking about it, it's going to bring uh, healing. It will. True. And, and I remember Ronnie, um, he would not talk about his dad. It took him four years. And he was married, and he would he, he did not want his wife to, to ask him anything about, because she had never met him, and she didn't, he didn't want her asking anything about him. He didn't want to talk about him. It took the birth of his own son to open, to, to open that up and, and bring that, you know, and... Do you wish he would have went through some counseling yeah. or something to have opened up sooner? I mean, I'm just, hindsight's twenty twenty. I can't imagine Ronnie getting counseling, but well. he's such fun cut up, you know, but... But the thing of it is, I mean, and I don't, I'm not being disrespectful, there's a program for everything now. If you, if you have a hangnail, there's a program. <laughs> you know, seriously, if, if you drive on the wrong side of the road, they throw you in a program. 
1990, there wasn't anything. There, you just kind of mumbled through it on your own. You, you just kind of Great point. did the best you could. And some people did better than other people. But um, there, there weren't things available like there are now. I mean, there's even uh, curriculum in, in the program that I use. There's even curriculum for, for children. And that was unheard of back then. You know, you just, it was 30 years ago. You, just you know, I think, I think we've learned. I was teaching, I was teaching last night to our um, minister's training. And when the sheep, if you read Psalms 23, you're actually hearing from the sheep. For he says, the sheep is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm -hmm. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green what? Pastures. He didn't say pasture, but pastures. pastures. And uh, I think that sometimes we can have sort of just a same type of message or same type of Wednesday. And that's just generalized when sometimes we need pastures and not just a pasture. Something that's a little bit different. And I know this is different, but as a pastor, I feel like this, this benefits the sheep. That you can feed and gather strength to get through things. And I really do believe that, that we are doing this. Sister Sharp inspired this series because of the passing of her husband, uh, Jordan's, Jordan's dad. And he's here tonight, and they're grieving the loss of someone. We did not expect this this year. And uh, she said, I wish everybody can go through this to, to get through this. You know what I believe? Sister Annie, I believe God is going to bring healing through his word because he's providing a pasture of, of nourishment that's going to give you strength to get through things that you could never get over. Mm -hmm. You're never going to get over it. But in the name of Jesus, you're going to get through it. You'll get through it. You're going to get happy again. Mm -hmm. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming. Mm -hmm. I wish somebody would say joy is coming. How many believe joy is coming? I think we ought to thank him because that's our hope in him. It's the truth. It's the truth. Amen. He's going to turn my mourning into dancing. A garment of sorrow into a garment of praise. Go ahead. I just have a couple more things. Um, um, I told you earlier, it's not like waking up after the flu. Um, it's, it's not a sudden thing, but you can't think it away. You can't wish it away. You can't ignore it away. You can't work it away. You, it's, it's, it's a process. It's just something that you go through. And sometimes people think, all I want to do is shut off the pain. And they do it through a lot of different ways. They do it through alcohol, drugs, um, shopping. I had a friend that shopped continually. Um, they do it through prescription meds, you know, go to the, go to the doctor and I can't sleep, you know, help me, give me something. And that only prolongs, that only prolongs the process. If you, if you, and I'm not against prescription meds, please don't misread me, but when you try and numb yourself from the pain, it, it gets you nowhere. And so, you know, it's, it's, just, it's not healthy, it doesn't solve anything. And what it really does is it loads you up with a bunch of other problems because you can get addicted, you can wreck your marriage, you know, gain weight, gain weight all that stuff, all that stuff. Spend too much money. Spend too much money. 
And people think, people think that they hate life after they've lost somebody. They really don't. They hate life for what it is right now. They don't hate life, but they hate it the way it is right now. And people need to think and, and realize that it's not true that the way that you think and feel right now is the way that you're always gonna think and feel. You can't see that because you're in this, I always thought of it as a long dark tunnel that I couldn't find my way out of. But it, it's not true. I don't feel the same as what I did when Ron first died. You know, I, I, I don't, there's just, the way you think and feel now is not the way you're always gonna think and feel. So be careful of decisions you make, commitments you make, uh, bad decisions that can, can really affect the rest of your life. Um, anybody that's gone through death uh, probably has heard that, you know, grief is only temporary. It, it doesn't feel like it. And, and you just want to shut that out because you just can't believe that the way you feel is, is going to ever get better, get changed. But there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days and there's going to be really, really bad days. But there's going to be some really, really, really good days too. And you, you need to take those good days and hang on to them and, and just go for all you got on those good days because a bad day's probably coming and it's okay. It's normal. It's, it's the way it is when, when you're healing. You know, you, you have good and you have bad. Um, and one of the biggest things, I, I said it earlier, you have to believe you're gonna get better. You're gonna, you, you have to believe that you're gonna get better. And the song that they sang tonight, man, did that do something to you? It did to me. It, it, that was healing. And I have, um, and I'm going to read you the words. I'm not going to sing it. But a, a song that has stayed with me for years and years and years that has brought me so much comfort. And it said, it's God speaking to me, directly to me. Fear not, my child. I am with you always. I feel every pain and every tear I see. Fear not, my child, I am with you always. I know how to care for what belongs to me. And if we remember that he knows how to care for us, Amen. he knows how to care for us. Praise God. He knows how to care for us, doesn't he? Are you going to get through it? How many are going to help somebody get through it? I, um, I, you're going to get through it. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, we're going to get through this. Did you, feel, did you feel like in those moments that you were not, you may be, um, I mean, did you ever get grumpy? Oh. <laughs> 
Did I just tell you the death date was on Sunday, Dave? <laughs> was I okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you just feel like um, everything makes you mad. It, it, yeah. Short wick. Short wick. And misunderstand what people are really trying to say, which we're going to talk about next we'll week. We'll talk about that next week, and it's, it's hilarious, really, but it's not. It's sad what some people say to try and help you. And most of them, and, and I guess one of the things I need to say to preface that, you need to forgive what they say in error. You know, you need to forgive what people speak in ignorance. You know, because usually the ones that say the wrong thing are the ones that have never experienced it. That's, sure. You know, they, they mean well. They mean well. People mean well. But how many times have you gone through a funeral line and said, you know, your, your mouth wants to go and say something to help somebody, and sometimes it's just best to keep it closed. And we'll talk about that. The most powerful thing, if you're trying to help somebody, I've learned over the years, it's called the power of presence. I want everybody to say the power of presence. Your presence is powerful. Absolutely. Saying nothing, just being there. Uh, just being there. When, and I learned this one, brother, first time I'd ever said that. I learned it at, at Butch Anderson's funeral. And when the police department came because of your son, who is a policeman, and I went back and thanked the police department. I said, I want you all to know on behalf of the family, I said, uh, I want you to know I'm thankful that you took time to drive all the way here from St. Clairsville. And uh, thank you for being here. I said, you all just being here. I know you don't know what to say. You just being here is, your presence is powerful. And I said, there's something called the power of presence. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so real. But we have, this, we have this promise tonight. And it's this. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Right. I will be with you even until the end. He said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. And if you'll believe, God's presence is going to come to right where you are. And that's where we get this great verse that says he brings the peace that passes all understanding. Amen. All. You're going to have bad days because you've got to grieve to get through it. You'll never get healed of it. It's like the body. And uh, I'll say this, and we're going, to, we'll be, we're going to pray tonight. Pastor Crispin preached a, a powerful message in our healing service a few months ago when we were, we were dealing with uh, healing, emotional healing. But he said when he was in the car wreck and he had finally, I mean, uh, I was in the hospital with him when the nurse came in and said, what we're about to do to you is going to be barbaric. The pain you're about to experience of putting that leg that had been compound broken, I mean, in multiple places, it was, it was pain. I mean, even one of the bones was sticking through his leg. It's a miracle that he lived through this accident. And uh, they had to set his leg and put a rod in his leg and the therapy that would go after that. He said finally he had reached this place. He had found at least a position on the couch where he had no pain. He said the therapist came in and said, uh, well, we're going to do therapy today. And, and uh, said, uh, you know, Mr. Crispin, we're going to, we need to bend that knee. He said, you're not touching that knee. I have finally, after weeks, found a place where I'm no longer hurting. Don't make me hurt. And he said he realized that, that 
a place of pain was not restored. I mean, a place of no pain was not restored. He said, I had to become functional again. And death can cause you to become not functional emotionally. And you can find something that's going to make you feel no pain. But it doesn't mean you're healed. Can you say amen? But we believe God's going to get you through every bit of this, this vast valley she talked about. And not only are you going to find a place of no more pain, you're going to find a place of being functional and powerful and healed and happy and restored. And God's going to do it. And we're going to give God the glory for it. Amen. I think we ought to all stand and lift our hands. Would you agree that you got to want to be healed? Yes, sir. And you got to believe you're going to get better. Once you look at your neighbor say, you got to believe you're going to get better. You're going to get better. You're going to be healed. You're going to be healed. I speak in the name of Jesus. God's going to give you life. There is life after death. You will. God's going to give you peace. You got to want it. And if you want it, I want you to just open your spirit. You don't have to lift your hands. You can if you want to. But I want you to begin to call on the name of the Lord. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. I pray for these amazing people that have gathered here on a midweek Bible study. Lord, this life class that we are having tonight about getting through grief. I pray today in the name of Jesus that you would do what I cannot do as a man. Sister Annie cannot do as just an individual. You would breathe on them again and life would come back into them. Healing that which has been bruised on the inside. Healing that which has been broken on the inside. The emotion, the loss. God, the lonely nights. Oh God, the things they've had to think. Questions without answers. A thousand questions and no answers. But tonight I pray that there would be healing. There would be hope. There would be healing and hope in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.